Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. If you're listening to this episode and you haven't listened to the previous one, you're going to want to go backwards. This is part two of a two-part episode with uh, Elliot Smith and Cole Rude Johnson. And it was just such a great conversation. And, you know, having the two guys in the studio, it went a little longer than, than what we had intended, but it was just such a great conversation. There was just really nothing to cut out. So, um, like I said, if you're listening to this, go back and, and listen to the previous episode. If you've already listened to that, then carry on. I think you're really going to enjoy this. You know, I, I don't want to get woo-woo, but let's get a little let's woo-woo. Let's get woo-woo. Let's yeah. hold hands while we do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, wait, COVID. <laughs> you know, just back to the, the past, present, and future. Um, I, I love what you said about, you know, most people don't want to deal with the excruciating pain, the work that they're going to have to put in. And we think about that when it comes to, you know, physical fitness or eating properly or mm. not drinking and stuff like that. Like, we get what that's going to take. But I don't think we consciously sit back and think about the amount of pain and energy that it's going to take to change who we are. I, I say this all the time, you know, there's that quote, um, and people quote it all the time, but, you know, Jim Rohn said, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, right? But the question that I'm always asking is, because everybody's always like, I need to find four new people, five new people. Well, who do I have to become? This is the question that I'm always asking. Who do I have to become in order for those five new people to let me in their circle? Mm-hmm. And that's that excruciating pain that you're talking about. That's the best way that I can put it into words because everybody's looking for five new people. But I'll tell you what, if you're the sluggish ass, lazy, you know, you're, if you're not going to change who you are, those five people are not going to let you in their circle. And, and I think what people automatically, well, if they don't accept me for who I am and blah, you know, bullshit, do you want to grow or not? And that's the excruciating part of that. But past, present and future Here's the problem with it. We have to look forward and really think about who we want to become, which is a challenge in itself, because we have to look in the mirror and look at all of our current bullshit, which you guys are really good at just talking with you and seeing the stuff that you've overcome. You're, you're good at looking at your bullshit, but that's where it gets painful for people. They don't want to look forward and really think about what they have to change in their life in order to get there. And then we bring it into the present. That's stuff that we have to work on now because whatever it is that we see we have to change in order to become somebody different, now we have to live in the present and actually work on that. And that's where the hard work happens. But to take it a step further, and this is where I said about getting woo-woo, my wife has taught me so much by some of the people that um, we did this thing called a sound bath like two weeks ago. We always have family day on Sundays. And so this lady comes in and she does this sound bath, which works on your chakras and the sound bowls and stuff. They, they, they play different she hears different sound waves if your certain chakras are locked up, right? And I'm just sitting here thinking, this is weird. (laughs) But when I look into her a little bit, she's an executive leadership coach that uses sound bowls and to figure out where, you know, like I'm I'm not an expert at this, but if your throat chakra is plugged, you're not speaking your truth. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to really work on that. And so this is where the past comes into it. If you don't know, if we don't really... We, we spend a lot of time in the past in a negative way 
but there's so much trauma and issues and things that have created who we are today. Like, you know, I've shared this story so many times. My dad was an alcoholic. He was abusive. What I didn't realize for a lot of years, and this is why I joined GoBundance, I couldn't have healthy male relationships, which is really weird because the thing that I was longing for and needed in my life, I didn't have because I was protecting myself. And so then GoBundance found me and I've got so many amazing male relationships now, but I had to go into that deep pain in the past to figure out what was holding me back to do the present work in order to get to where I wanted to go. It's a scar tissue. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, it's, it's like a, that build up over time of like you have a traumatic injury, the scar tissue builds up. And anytime you kind of use that area of your body, you feel it. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, it's a constant carving. It's like a sculpture. You're constantly carving of your future self. Yeah. And it's not, I think every... Every, I think every entrepreneur and most people who are kind of type A, go-getter, they're dealing with that constantly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why the, the dark side of it, the depression, the anxiety, the, uh, like uh, most entrepreneurs deal with that at some time in their life too. And I want to hit on something you actually just talked about, which was the uh, the five people in your life. Mm-hmm. Like when I was 19, just getting in the business, that's what I went to. I didn't go to, if I want to be successful, how do I start getting doing checks right away? I wanted, there's like four or five what I consider at the time like godfathers of, Seattle real estate, like the Thatch wins. Have you seen them on Instagram? Those guys. And it's like, how do I get around those guys? Cause they're going to, you know, take my, it's going to be exponential if I can get around those guys in their mm-hmm. circle. And, uh, it wasn't by Facebook messaging and asking them for coffee. It, I started doing stuff for free <laughs> for them, whether it was build some of their systems or, uh, putting myself in a position and changing myself for, they want me in their circle. Mm-hmm. And it's, it happened. Like now I stay at their homes when I'm traveling or I'm using their cars when I'm in town. And mm-hmm. it's, um, so that's a huge thing for anyone else listening to this, starting out in whatever industry you're in or you're trying to break into, find the people that are in it, the five people that you're talking about and mm-hmm. yeah. make yourself a service of value and don't look at any monetary gain from that for years. Just be of service and get around those people and it's going to take you to. Yeah, and, and you wouldn't say this, but what you actually, just hearing a little bit about what I know about you, you didn't buy them a $3 cup of coffee you provided twenty thousand dollars of value for them. Yep, yep. So it's always because yeah. he called me when I when I was doing some of those people. He's like, "What are you doing for free?" I'm like, "Trust me, <laughs> like, <laughs> like this." But I just because uh, I'm a relationship guy. Like yeah. as much as I'm introverted and like my alone time too, but I love people and relationships. So it's providing and, value. Yeah. And and one thing going back to the point, it, it triggered a uh, thought um, about the five people is, and if your five people aren't calling you out on your bullshit, you're in the wrong group. Mm-hmm. So I had a a good buddy from that was down and he introduced me to this guy down here last week and we went and had um dinner and and uh we get in the car and my buddy says can i give you some feedback and i'm like no feedback <laughs> on what <laughs> just how the conversation went i'm like no i think it went fine you know i'm sitting there and finally i'm like all right what's the feedback he's like you don't have to like like brag about yourself mm-hmm. or like you are there like just know that you are there with my buddy and that meant that you're good enough. Mm-hmm. You don't have to tell them that you're good enough mm-hmm. to be there. And and I started thinking about that. And I and we had a more of a conversation about it um just the way the things were set up a little bit. It was hard for me to get in the conversation, but mm-hmm. it still was the point of why do I do that? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it was like what friend's going to get in the car immediately and tell you you came off really um name drop you're you're trying to brag and or whatever like People aren't going to take that. Mm-hmm. You know, most people don't take that. They're going to be like, fuck you. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're the problem, not yeah. me. And I sat there and we talked about it. And I thought about it a lot that night. And I've been thinking about it ever since. And I'm like, that's true friendship. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. You know, that's a, what a marriage should be. That's what a partnership should be. 
and that's true friendship and those are the guys you need to be around because if you're not they're not challenging you to grow and be better in a respectful way mm-hmm. then you need to find new friends there was some celebrity yeah. that i heard talk about on a podcast like how the more successful you get everyone become like yes men around you mm-hmm. so you have no one checking you or like yeah, yeah. you know giving you feedback so i think that's huge as you level up whatever you're doing that you get people around you who are will say something to you when you're off or doing something wrong so that's a, that's a huge point my business partner Corey, he's like 55 i'm the same age as his ki- kids and uh he calls me out and shit all the time like he's like a second dad to me yeah. he calls me out on shit like he'll yell at me and be like elliot what, what are you doing he called me out and it's just like yeah first you take it back but then it's like thank you yeah i you know if i love what you this has just opened up so many great conversations, but you know, people don't want to put in the work. They're scared of that pain and the, Mm -hmm. but if you think about that and you just said it, like whether it's relationships, whether it's marriage, whether it's anything good in life is, is going to be painful. It's going to be excruciating. Um, people just don't want to put in that time. And I think back when I was younger, I had, when, when I was listening to you too, like I, I, rem- I was like physically, I used to have um, growth pains. Did you guys ever have growth pains? Yeah, like in your bones? knees and stuff? Yeah. yeah. Like Oskenschlauters, what they call it? Yeah. I had that. Oh man, that yeah. was like so painful in my bones. I couldn't sleep at night. And it's because you're physically growing, right? Yep. And why do we think it's going to be any, any different emotionally, mentally, in our skill sets? But I guess the reason why I'm saying all that, and I think, Cole, the way you said it was just brilliant. If how much more painful is it going to be to stay where you're at? You know, so many people, there's, there's entire sayings built around it. The grass is always greener on the other side. Well, the grass isn't greener. They're just taking more care of it. They're working harder. Mm-hmm. Like that's, these stupid sayings are just, it all comes back to what you said, Cole, and it's so brilliant. But so many people are unhappy, and this goes back to us talking about being numb earlier, and, you know, most people don't want to live in the present because they're stuck in the past, and I don't want to stay where I'm at. That's why I love having conversations with guys like you and hearing your story, which we haven't even got to the fourth question yet. (laughs) Um, But I don't want to stay where I'm at. And I don't think anybody does. People are hurting. They're full of pain. And and yeah, they're scared of the amount of work it's going to take to get there. But can you imagine being five years down the road and being in the same boat you're at today? Well, if you're listening and you're not willing to do what Cole's talking about and put in the work you're going to be in a lot of pain five years from now, financial, mental, physical, emotional. I think deep down at some level, everyone wants to know what their potential is as a human being. And anytime we're like drifting from that, we start to feel it. Like I think everyone kind of, at least everyone I've met has an internal beacon of like, I want to figure out what I can do, Mm -hmm. like maximize who I am as a person. And when we drift from that is when the anxiety, I mean, it comes with the territory no matter Mm -hmm. what, but I think that's when it gets really bad. And we don't, when we don't feel like, like the story we're telling ourselves is leading to the the greatest version of who we can be. So for me, that's when I'm drifting from that and I'm like, I don't know, I'm not focused on my purpose of Mm -hmm. maximizing who I am as a person is when I, when I start to feel numb or need to numb out more. Yeah. And we're obviously sitting at a table and having a conversation with some hard charging, successful business investing type guys, but the thing that I constantly talking about investing for freedom and it's super simple. What do you really want? Why do you want it? Those are the first two things. And I know that sounds so simple, but the reality is, and number three is what are you going to do to get it? Measure results and adjust. But we're talking, there's a lot of people listening that are not like business owners and maybe they don't want to own a business and that's okay. Mm-hmm. What do you want? What do you really want? And why do you want it? And what are you going to do to get it? And you know, maybe it's just another 
Maybe you want to take your kids to Disneyland twice a year instead of once. Maybe you want to take your kids to Disneyland every three years. I don't care what it is. What kind of work are you going to put in? What's that going to take? So again, I just want to make sure because you know we're all hard chargers and we're having this conversation about business, but the reality is um, I don't care what personality type you are. There, you, you want to reach that full potential mm -hmm. that Cole's talking about. Mm -hmm. And yeah. if that's a trip to Disneyland for you, awesome. Yeah, exactly. And it's not like, yeah, I know this is a, a real estate show kind of, but like you said, it's, you know, I want to spend more time with my kid or I want to make a better connection with my wife or, or I want to be a better, um, grandson. I want to be whatever it is. You know, I, I always tell people when I die, I want people to stand up and say, I was a great husband. I was a great father and I was a great friend. Mm -hmm. None of those things have anything to do with money. Mm -hmm. And everybody thinks money solves all the problems. And I don't care if there's five people there or 5,000 people there. Mm -hmm. It's who matters. And so what I'm doing right now that matters in them looking at my life is how do I protect my family and my son in the best way I know how? How do I enjoy life? Like we're down in Arizona. We were coming for a week. And we're like, we're not going back to Washington. It's locked down. So we extended it for another two weeks, mm -hmm. you know, because we could. And that, that makes me feel good. And yep. I remember telling my wife one of my main goals in life was, I want to be able to roll over and look at my wife and I want to say, let's go to Hawaii tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And I want to have that freedom. It was, you know, it was just that was the, the goal. Two years ago or when Monty was six weeks old, we, we were having a huge snowstorm in Tri-Cities. Right when I started, I looked at my wife and I said, I'm not staying here for this. Let's go to Arizona. Booked the flight, went to Arizona. Two days later, we're gone. Worst snowstorm Tri-Cities has ever had. Mm -hmm. It was still on the ground. We extended the trip. And it's like, that's that's freedom, yep. right? And it, that doesn't cost that much money. You don't have to stay at the Four Seasons, right? Yep. It's just like, how can you do those things? I can work mm -hmm. from here. I can have great partners, great people around your life. So it's not about money. Yeah, It's investing for freedom. And what is that? Are you investing in your family? Are you investing in your life? That's the really thing. It's not just about money. Yeah. And the how is not, I think we get stuck. Again, there's process all this stuff that we're trained, you know, through school and college and everything's process driven. And so I think people stop dreaming about what Elliot's talking about because they don't know the how. So my question is, what do you really want? Why do you want it? Then we'll start talking about what are you going to do to get it, measure results and adjust. And so many people are like, this is my goal. I can't adjust because COVID's going to happen because business partners are going to die because whatever adjust. But I, it, I don't start with what are you going to do to get it? Yeah. And that's the thing. I think so many people, they want to dream. They want to start having a progressive life, but they don't know how. Yeah, I think looking at like the how, like looking back at everything where I'm at in life has happened, you can't plan it out. Mm -mm. Like you cannot sit no. down and plan out oh, how I'm you're going to do get free it. stuff for, <laughs> like for it's so I'm random. I'm going to meet Mike Ayala because yeah. I'm going to do free stuff for yeah. him. And then I'm, you know, yeah. like I, I go to a cabin, like COVID hit. I wouldn't have met Elliot, but COVID never happened. Yep. COVID hit. I'm at a cabin, my family's cabin. My buddy Tarl rents another cabin. Elliot comes for a day. We meet. Like you can't plan that. That's the fun no. part about life. You don't want to yeah. know the how. Yeah. I don't like. You don't want to know how you die. You don't want to. Like you just don't want to know how. And like like Thatch up in Seattle, he wears a sh his. He makes clothing, and his shirt says it's fuck how. It's P H U K H A U. That's his whole. He says it's some Vietnamese proverb, which it's it's not an actual thing, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's a it's a joke that we have. But he wears. I, I've, I have two of those shirts because it's such a. That's the fun part I think about building stuff is. Like he says, like throw the hat over the wall, like commit, like decide, be intentional about what you want and then just enjoy the process mm -hmm. of the unfolding of it. So I think that's, that's a huge thing. I think the how it's a defense mechanism mm -hmm. to get people, 
you know you feel so comfortable where you are with your your current life that the that's kind of the thing you can use as a buffer to why you're not doing what you really want to do. Yeah, you know it's so interesting. Just and I I agree with you a hundred percent. We've become so programmed in our brains that we we're no longer simple, and so we think that simple things are weird. I'm listening to you, and I'm just hearing Napoleon Hill in thinking. And he said, you know, when one desires the thing, the thing presents itself. Mm-hmm. Well, that's too simple, right? Like that that's just too simple. No, that's like. That's how it happens. Like once you start really think, you can't make that shit up. Is what I was really. You just got to roll with it, man. And but it's super important. By the way, life will bring you bad stuff too if you're focused on that, right? And this is where it's so simple that people think, yeah, well, it can't be that simple. It is that simple. What do you really want? Why do you want it? You start navigating through life. You're looking for certain things. They're gonna find you. Yep. Yeah, it's it's crazy too. You hear that kind of stuff from 60, 70, 80 year olds that have at the end of the process, you don't hear it from 22 year old. And that's the thing that I've latched on to Cole and like, I'll do anything. It's you listen to him talk and it just speaks volumes to not only him, but his parents and his upbringing, his family. It's just like, that's fucking wisdom Mm -hmm. from a 22 year old kid. Didn't graduate from college. You know, nothing special His parents, normal people. That's, that's wisdom Mm -hmm. that 70, 80, 90 year olds haven't figured out. Yeah. That's cool. So I'm not going to ask you guys the fourth question right now. We're going to end with it. So let's, let's, let's pull this together. So, um, these guys are both successful on their own. Um, Cole's actually ahead of both of us because of his age. He's winning. He's winning. (laughs) He's winning on the scoreboard. Um, not that we're keeping score, but so tell me, um, again, the thing that, I mean, you guys are dynamic and you've got a great business. So tell me, tell me about the business. Well, we both have separate businesses, okay. and then we have one together. Okay. So do you want us to go over separate businesses? You and guys th- tell me whatever you want. We probably should do separate and then go. Cool. Yeah. You- so I have, a, I have a real estate operation, and it's, we've been all over the country, but right now we're focused on the main four counties in Washington. So that's King, Pearson, Homish, Thurston counties, and I have a team in office. So it's pretty standard now. We have marketing going out, leads coming in, um, guys on the phone on the sales floor locking up properties. We don't go to properties before we get them sign it's that kind of one nuance i think we have that a lot of businesses don't as we're not we're able to get through a lot more um so we have a lot more volume because we're not walk you know going and walking every single deal which there's no right or wrong way to do it it's what we do and we're starting to flip more we're, we're still primarily whole, wholesale cool. um, starting to do a couple of flips and partner with some guys and some stuff so that's my main my main business yeah and you're 22 i'm 22 yeah. and you're gonna make how much this year is uh, that can we talk about that yeah i mean i'll probably take home personally around 500 and then my company will be the, my wholesale company like 1.2 probably. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Tell them about the Jimmy deal. Oh, the one hundred. So yeah, I did a hundred seventy-five thousand dollar wholesale deal this year. Nice. I've been uh, just a single family home. The build, nice. the guy was a builder, and we went. We went and met. We went. We went to that one in person because mm-hmm. the guy was like, "Yeah, give me four fifty and then with ARV, it's like nine hundred. So we're like, "We're gonna go to that one." That's cool. And uh, he's a builder. He was like, "Yeah, I love when young guys make money." So That's cool. it's one of those things. And I, I've always wanted that big deal. Like, again, I didn't ask how it was going to happen. I always wanted that massive deal and it, it came. So That's cool. Yeah. I love what you just said too. And I was having this conversation with Gabriel Hamill. I don't know if you guys know him, but I, th- I think there's this limiting, we have this limiting belief in life too, that people don't want us to do well. And that guy obviously wants to see you do well. I think, I think when you're working on yourself and like you're actually putting in work people want to see you do well when you're asking for handouts and favors but they don't see you working that's wow i found as long as i'm working and being productive and putting myself out there and actually 
contributing society. Everyone I've met wants me to do well. Friends, uh-huh. well, obviously there's a couple that don't, but friends, family, <laughs> people that I meet for the most part, yeah, they, they can feel that energy and they're like, I, I want that kid to do well. Yeah, that's so good, man. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, I run a real estate business, investment business, um, kind of uh, was primarily a fix and flip business for the last, up until this year, last five years. We were doing about 20, 25 flips a year. We kind of did a lifestyle business. My wife and I traveled a lot, played a lot of golf, worked 15 to 20 hours a week, clipping good six figures, um, buying a few rentals here and there. This year, kind of threw it all in the air a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, I was actually switching our company over to a development, going after more development opportunities. Um, and then COVID happened, and we uh, um, uh, kind of shut the marketing down a little bit. We still bought some flips. But then I saw that when the Fed started printing cash, I saw the writing on the wall, and we're like, we need to ramp up our rentals. So this year, we've bought two duplexes, a single family, a 24-unit, and a we're under contract in an eight-unit right now. Um, and so I also have some land under contract and just looking at opportunity right now. And then we started the, um, the call center. But, yeah, really just primarily a fix and flip um, kind of business. But now it's kind of – I think it's going to kind of shift a little bit. Um, the one thing my wife and I did really well this year is we were always kind of like, once we almost got divorced, we then found out when we, we needed to stay in our lanes quite a bit cause we're w- opposite as opposite can be. And, uh, I'm going to test to that. Yeah. And so, um, <laughs> but this year we have drawn the, the, the lines even more crazy. Um, so I do nothing with rentals anymore. I don't, I went and got a drug dealer out of the property. Like I'll do some of that stuff, but I do nothing with rentals. I don't know where we're at. I don't know. I know numbers wise. Um, my, uh, wife handles everything. She handles all the turnover. She handles all the lease ups. She handles all the accounting. She handles everything. Mm. Um, she's doing all our refis. I just handle the buy side, the sales side of the business. And I handle, um, the relationship and then the call center and, uh, meeting people and, you know, building relationships. That, that's really cool. Um, you know, just even back to the, if two partners have the same strength, one of them's not needed. Even in marriages, like, and Karen, I've found this too. Not, not only should we stay in our lane because it keeps the peace at home, but why double up efforts? Mm-hmm. So I love, I've, you know, just from a leadership perspective, I've worked really hard over the years to not undermine my leadership. And that happens a lot at our closer relationships. And that can happen a lot with business partners too. When we when we just team up and we don't have clear expectations, which goes back to the communication and all of that. So that's really cool that you guys found that in your marriage because um, that can easily, we can easily assume that each other have it, mm-hmm. got it covered. And I've seen that create a lot of problems too. So that's cool. Yeah. The nice thing is uh, she knows like there's a few decisions we come together on, like mm-hmm. what assets sure. are we going to keep? But fun, I mean, the best way to describe it is I bought a house um, over in Richland a couple, like a month ago for 117 grand. And I put 10 grand earnest money down on the property and then I go close on it and I take a cashier's check. I go close on it with my own, our own money. And Chrissy comes down the next day and she's like, Hey Elliot, um, why is there $107,000 missing from our account? I'm like, Oh, I bought that house. She's like, Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, and it's just like, I'm staying in my lane in the business yep. and she's staying in her lane and she, and especially with being a parent. Yeah. Um, and that's really focused. If we spent, we have no time to waste overlapping. Yeah, totally. And so um, it's hard. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, there was so much strife because you have to believe that they are competent 
and that they actually are going to do the things because the problem is what I found with me especially is nobody can do it better than I can mm-hmm. in a lot of things. And so I constantly had to micro try to micromanage her instead of just giving her the trust that knowing that she has the same end goal and interest as I do, mm-hmm. she might have a different way. It's like when we're driving with your wife, right? You know, your wife's always like, oh, stop, you know, all this stuff. It's like you got to have the faith mm-hmm. that I have the same goal of getting there safe as you do. Yeah. And so whatever that is, um, and you have to go out on a limb. It's just like with a partnership, you know, mm-hmm. I don't ask Cole how he gets shit done. It's just I trust that he's going to get it done. Yeah. Because he said he was going to do it. And if it doesn't, then it's a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. But Or like with Chrissy, like we're doing eight refis right now because rates, rates are so cheap. And we're buying that eight unit and they want a freaking kidney worth of st- information. And it's like, I don't ask her how, what, or why. I just know it's getting done because I see emails coming in that things yeah. are getting done and everything's sure. moving forward. Yeah. And when I need to sign something, I sign it. But I literally... All the emails for the eight unit literally go in a f- box. I don't read any of them. Yeah. I only, when they call me and say, Elliot, you need to do this part, they mm-hmm. call me, then I go take care of my part, which is the relationship side with the people we're buying it from. Yeah, that's cool. So tell me about your guys's, um, you guys got a pretty cool business concept. Um, tell me. Yeah, so our, uh, our call center, so it's, it's going to be more than a call center, but it, it started originally because I needed, I had a team of 10 people in office at the time with my old partner and big sales guys, big sales team need a lot of leads. So I needed to figure out a way to bring in, you know, 30, 40, 50 leads a day into our, into our company. So I started an internal call center um, out, of the, out of the Philippines, and I got up to 15 agents on my campaign. They're all in office, which I think is the big difference that a lot of people struggle because they have people calling on their couch with roosters in the background, mm-hmm. and it doesn't work. So they're all in office, and we were crushing that. We did like, we did like 800-ish K a year revenue um, back-to-back on just cold calling alone. And uh, then I started having some buddy use it, and Elliot was going to start using it. And he was like, hey, man, I think I can help not only with the you know business side, but the training side. Um, and I was like, yeah, sure, why not? I mean, come on, as long as I get to keep what I already, you know, come on board. And um, it was awesome. We started doing it. And then our third partner, Tucker, um, who's been around, he has a crazy amount of experience in business and real estate and was a no-brainer. Uh, we kind of formed a, um, a partnership, all us three. Mm. And uh yeah, but you can get more into the, yeah. the details of it but what we're offering, the kind of stuff. Yeah, we do, so we, how it started, you know, I wanted to use the call center because I needed leads because direct mail was dying. Mm-hmm. It was really tough. And so I had an operations manager at the time and we met Cole and he's using the call center and he's killing it. So I'm like, well, why don't we try cold calling? So we get in there and I'm like, hey, can I see the script? Can I see this? And I'm like, hey, I think I can help you with your script a little bit. I'm really, that's my skill set is cold calling and on the phone and sales. And then I'm like, hey, can I listen to the calls? And then I, I can help you with feedback on the callers, not expecting anything in return. Mm. It's like, I think I can help you make this a little bit better. So it's better for all of us, right? And uh, then he's like, why don't you go sell this? And I'm like, okay, I think, okay. So let me go line up some meetings. And I'm like, he, uh, you know, I'm a big believer is that like, I don't want what you've done before. I want what I'm going to bring to the table. Mm. I want I want to eat what I'm going to kill. Sure. And so I'm like, let me let me go set up some things. I don't sign anything. I don't have to commit. So I don't no hard feelings. Like you know, if this doesn't work out, and uh, so I go line up some meetings with my buddy Justin Saferio, Open Letter Marketing, and he has this new platform. So he wanted it. I got him sold on integrating our call center into his his marketing campaign, so people nice. can buy it right on their website. Um, I had set up a time to go hang out with Brandon Turner. Um, I talked to Tucker. Tucker started using it. We called for him for free. Tucker, you know. And Tucker was on board, started putting it on his podcast before we partnered with him. And so I had all these things. And Cole's like, fuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is going good. No brainer. No brainer. And then um, 
I had my operations manager that was kind of helping us with it. And uh, he ended up, when he graduated at college, he wanted to um, go more commission-based role and he wanted to go, um, he didn't, he wanted to be a cop at the mm-hmm. end of the day and that was fine, but it just didn't work out. So he ended up quitting, we ended up parting ways and that freed up some, some cap there and some room cause we we're going to give him some opportunity to grow into the call center. And, uh, that freed up some room. So I was texting Tucker about it. You know, this sucks. Like I'm screwed. Like I need this kid. It's important. He's like, why don't we hop on a call? I think I can help you guys with the call center. So we were going to hang out with Brandon Turner the next week. And as you know, Brandon Turner, he's like, well, you know, everybody knows that name. Yeah. And so Cole and I hop on this. We're like, before the call, we're like, all right, we're not saying yes to Tucker. We were out we were with Brandon at like 3 a.m. one morning. Yeah, yeah. At, this is the week yeah. after because oh, I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah, we're going to hang out yeah. with Brandon next week. And so we're not saying yes to Tucker. Let's just see what opportunity. Tucker, we get on a Zoom meeting for like an hour, and he's telling us, like, I can have my team help here. I can really help you guys with the business side of it. I can help you guys grow it. I can help you with the marketing. I can I can be that leader that you guys probably need because I'm good buddy. I've known him for like six years. I've been part of his mm-hmm. DFA group. And Cole, we get off the phone and we, you know, before the call, we had sworn we're not making a decision until we hang out with Brandon. We call each other. What do you think? Yeah, we need to do it. I'm in. <laughs> so call Tucker back. We're, we're in. And he didn't ask for any, ec- like a percentage of equity. He's just like, you tell me what you think I'm worth. And yeah. so we fear the only fair way is three ways. Mm-hmm. So we split it up three ways. So we started pushing it and it just freaking took off like a rocket Mm -hmm. like we started using tucker's group at first and some other guys and i got i just happened to get back on bigger pockets um and for the um and it was in july i was doing it right when we were like starting to ramp up and uh they wanted we were talking i was talking to kevin the producer about what we could do for the show and he's like you know i'd really like to have your wife on the show and my wife has turned bigger pockets down every time they've asked she's turned mindy down she's turned brandon down she's turned them all down she says yes and I get off the phone. I'm like, why do you say yes? She's like, and she's like, you're lucky you have something to fucking sell now. <laughs> and so thanks. So that means that one that shows me this is very uncomfortable for my wife, but she's willing to get out of her comfort zone and, and do it. Yeah. So we get on the podcast. It airs right when we finally start getting some things going and we just get good leaf flow from it. And then we grow. We do freaking like 50 grand the first month in sales. We're growing. Guys are killing it. Um, slow you down a little. It's because we care. Like off the bat, every single client that comes on board, like it's like a it's like a family relationship. Where if they don't if they're not doing well, we're refunding them. Like it's not. Yeah. Like I've I've been I've experienced a lot of different call centers and service. Everyone has a service to sell in real estate, mm-hmm. um, and we we generally care about the person on the other end. Yeah. Make sure that they succeed. Exactly. And so like I hop on the zoom calls, I, I find, I dive into your business. You tell me about your business. What do you need, man? You're not ready for us right now. You really need a leads manager to do this, or you're going to need this. You should go start with this. We've, we've given guys free podio setups to help them out. Uh, we've, we've given them free lists to get them started. We've, we've pointed in the right direction. I, they have, I'll give them my cell phone number. They can, you know, ping me back and forth. Only if they're taking action is when I'll spend time with them. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of free time. And so, and then that's also translated into the guys that we're using. So I'm, I'll call guys at like eight o'clock at night and be like, man, I heard you just killed it from such and such. And they're like, dude, and we'll talk for 30 minutes. Like we're best friends. Mm-hmm. Cause I actually do care. Yeah. You know, it's the same way I looked at sellers when I'm buying off market deals is I actually give a shit about the seller. And, um, and so then Cole's killing it on the system side. Tucker- so, so Cole, what, what is your what- role in that? Yeah. Uh, so I'm constantly building out the systems. I mean, as, as we grow, it's, things are constantly changing and shifting. So I'm making sure that our infrastructure is keeping up with our clientele pretty much. 
Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And yeah. so you handle sales and onboarding. Yeah. And- so it, it works really well. So I handle sales and then um, and onboarding and the client interface for right now. Um, it's going to get too hard for me to do that with all these people. At well, some especially point. taking 30 minute calls and bullshitting. Because I'm a talker. Yeah. He yeah. Loves it, though. I love it. <laughs> so then, and then Cole. Give him the big fish. Yeah. <laughs> Cole. And then I also will work on like getting better, you know, I'll try to negotiate our data, some pricing things, and try to work on some of that stuff. Cole built out the systems. We all do a little bit of everything. Yeah. Like, and, and, Cole, right. and they help with that as well. They run, the, they run that. Cole builds like the systems. He's like, if there's something wrong, he's there. He's helping big picture because like Cole had done a lot of the infrastructure to get the call center going. It's two years. It's been a two-year setup to get before before they even came on. So now it was my kind of my job, my time to put the time in to sell it, and then Cole's working on what do we need to be quarter one, quarter two with our other stuff we're building out, and how do we build that infrastructure? And so, why did you guys need Tucker? We needed a CEO. Like we needed someone. I'm, I'm like I still like I built this stuff a business, but I do better when I have some kind of direction and someone to kind of lean on and learn okay. from so i think we needed a ceo to keep us organized and we really wanted to turn this thing into a sellable business yeah. we needed someone with experience doing that uh, so at least in my mind that's how i thought about tucker yeah. as someone that yeah and i wasn't um I, I love the ins and outs of the business but the thing that i really want to key in on um and what i think is so amazing and people will we'll give them information and how to find your guys's business and get into the details and all that um but i think a lot of people would sit back and hear you you basically had this thing going and then Elliot shows up and adds value. And so you give him a percentage and then, and then Tucker shows up and everybody's like, we're just going to be thirds. And what I think a lot of people hear is that we just took a piece of pie that you had 12 slices of, mm-hmm. and you just gave out, you just, you just gave away, you know, two thirds of that. Yeah. But it's a, those slices are, it's a better pie. Those yeah. It's like bigger. five pies now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or it could be 50 pies. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's why you know, I don't have a, I don't have an ego around like, oh, I'm an entre- I got to do everything myself, entrepreneur, mm-hmm. like it's my business. I think it's, you know, I, I like working with people and building an actual good product and w- my capabilities that I had for that business, I had to look at myself and say, I can't build this into an actual business that mm-hmm. services people well. Yeah. Um, so I need other people, otherwise yeah. I'm going to put out a, a crap product and it's not going to look good. So yeah. um, I needed other people to make that, I would, I would not have that business without them. Well, and, and it just comes back to the abundance mindset, which is kind of where I, where, where I started. And, um, again, I love the details of your business, but, but I think what's really powerful here is the abundance mindset mm-hmm. and teaming up because so many people are like, you know, I, I remember, I remember asking this question early in my career, would I rather have a hundred percent of a million dollar business doing 5% per year, or would I rather have 30 or 40 or 50% of a hundred million dollar business doing 10% per year? Like the the answer is clear. And and it's not right or wrong. You could go higher. You could go higher an Elliot, right? You could go higher a Tucker, mm-hmm. but it's not the same, Mm-mm. right? And again, it's not right or wrong. I'm not telling people that you have to have a partner, but but what's really important in all of this and to just kind of pull this together when one or two or three partners have the same strength, one of them's not needed. And if you really want to scale quickly and escalate quickly, you can go hire somebody and pay them 150 grand a year to do what Elliot's doing. Or you can bring an Elliot in and give them a piece of the pie and get there a year or two years sooner. Hundred percent. I did the same thing in my my first business too. Like after my first partner left, our top sales guy, I'm like, you can have half the company. And then our growth since then has been insane. Mm-hmm. So like it's the abundance mindset of there's not. I mean, the, like the cold call center is not the last 
business I'm going to get into right. as well. So why would I want to spend all my time just on that? And I mean, so it's a uh, exactly it's it's been huge having that partnership and leadership from from those two guys too for me and um, I, the abundance mindset. It wasn't like a conscious thing. Mm-hmm. It was just it's almost from trial and error, seeing what way works, what way doesn't to that. It's the only way that works. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's certain things like, yeah, you could go hire me out, but you're not going to find a guy that has the entrepreneur brain and understands the real estate. Cause I have to have conversations with real estate guys that are investing and I have to be able to have a competent conversation. How long is it going to take Cole to train somebody like that? Cool. Or, or someone Same that actually us. genuinely cares about me, yeah. you know what I mean? That yeah. call me and like cares more than just about the business. It makes yeah. it fun. Yeah. yeah. Or like, cool, you can hire somebody to do your systems, but I don't even know how to tell them what systems to build or how to build it. Mm-hmm. So there's certain things you can hire out. And then Tucker, you just can't train that experience. You can't hire experience that experience and give a shit. Yep. And um, understanding what direction to go. Like, we always put it back on Tucker. We have all these ideas all the time. And at the end of the day, Tucker, it's your decision. Mm-hmm. You, but he, he's, Elliot, what's your opinion? Cole, what's your opinion? And if we're different, Cole, he makes a decision. Yeah. But he hears us. Yep. And it hears us equally. And I don't feel bad when he makes that decision because it's on him. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Last question. What is the piece of advice you find yourself sharing the most? Um, I, I, I tell people, you just gotta go do it Mm. um you gotta put yourself out there you know when i'm telling these guys are coming in and they want to start a real estate business and they don't they just won't think they can throw money at things and and it makes it better so no you need to go out and and go drive for dollars find shitty houses and cold call them i don't care you need to do it for a month or two and then you need to listen to the calls that you made you need to record them and listen to them because you can't train what you don't know Mm. so you have to go do this Mm -hmm. You can't build a business. You can't go start a McDonald's if you don't even know how to turn on a grill. Yeah. And so you have to go out there and just do it. And I'm a ready, fire, aim kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Just go figure it out. Stop thinking about it. Yeah. And while you're driving for dollars, listen to a book. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> try to listen to Investing for Freedom podcast. <laughs> hey, you know, listen boy. to something, right? Hey, yeah. And learn, you know, and then go do it. That's cool. It's good stuff. For me, what I always tell people, I coach people now too, is um, stay in the game. Like stay in the game long enough for something to shake. Like when I was when I got my license originally, when I was 18, I was doing open houses. Nothing was happening. My mom was like, "If you show up every single day for a couple of years, something is something is going to happen. You're going to meet someone. Something is going to happen." Um, so I think staying in the game long enough, you know, shaking the tree enough for something yeah. to fall, is the one piece of advice. And um, I think way too many people start something. Uh, like we were talking about earlier, and they do not stay in the game long enough for something, because mm-hmm. um, you you can't you can't get into something expect the how to show up in two three four five days yeah. a month two months. I mean, it, it you shouldn't expect that. Like you have to have a foundation built, and you'll be so much happier when you build that foundation. You know, have all those trial and errors, and then you know what you want starts to come in after that. So that's so good. Um, staying in the game definitely is the and being consistent, persistent every single day. I love it. Yep. I, I just had this thought, like it's weird to me that people will spend forty or fifty years in a career, you know, gaining three or four thousand dollars a year, but they won't they won't stick with a new business for six months or twelve months. It's weird. It's weird. Cause it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is uncomfortable, but yeah. it's yeah. So how you guys have a podcast? Yeah, yeah. What is it? It's the Real Deals Podcast. Cool. So we we took it over as the host uh, three months two months ago. Yeah. So Tucker. Ran it for, you know, it built it up to quite a few listeners. 
Um, he has two podcasts. He has one for a local show and a, and the real deals. And he nationwide has been on bigger pockets. He's got a lot of good guys. He's been running for seven years. And I think it was just he said it was just time to pass the baton. Cool. And he said it not that it had gotten stale in the sense, but I think he was just had a lot of other things. He's got two young kids and has a lot of things going on. Mm-hmm. And he saw us being eager and he said, man, I think you guys could be a really good duo. Wow. Kind of like the Brandon Josh duo to a certain extent, but he's like, I think you guys could take it. And it's, um, so yeah, he give it, give it to us and we're loving it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so the real deals, we just, I think it's like 342 is when we took it over, but yeah. Three three forty two. The episode three forty two. Oh, so somewhere yeah. in there. Yeah. Yep. So three o'clock. 42. No, we did we did a yep. yeah we did a test <laughs> like just he was gone one week he came down to do a um, in person interview with Steve Trang down here and so I'm like hey Tucker why don't Cole and I hop on the mic for a week and he's like all right so Cole and I just did a spitball back and forth of like nice. what his business looks like what mine looks like calls us the next day great job you guys want to do the show f- uh, permanent That's and I'm <laughs> and I'm like That's I've it. always wanted to do it because I like to talk. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck yeah. I go buy, get my microphones. My dad's done a lot of videos. And so he had some microphones. I go buy lights. I go buy soundboards. And yeah, and Cole's jumping on it. And yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's been so it's another It's another example of abundance thinking, right? Yeah. And it makes you learn about yourself. I've learned a lot about myself doing the podcast, mm-hmm. like talking that in, in yeah. the open environment, people listening makes you uh, definitely have to learn some stuff about yourself. That, yeah. yeah. And then it just shows too, like going back to the partnerships, like, Tucker has spent seven years, countless hours. He's got his own guy that edits this. He freely says, I, I believe in you guys, mm-hmm. and I want to work with you guys, not just in this, but on other things. So I'm going to entrust this thing that I've put all these time into to you guys. Mm-hmm. And the, the great thing about us, Cole and I, neither one of us said, well, are we going to get paid? Are we going to get money? Or what? how is this going to benefit? What's in it for me? You no, know, it's yeah. just like yeah. we just said yes. Just yeah. say yes to opportunity, mm-hmm. you know, and then go figure it out. But it's just mm-hmm. like that's what – Walk, that, walk through the doors. Yeah, yeah just walk, walk through the door and see what yeah. happens. My, I was listening to my wife on a podcast the other day, and she was saying that, like, you know, so many people miss so many opportunities, and it's like, I, you have to move through the door, like you just said. I mean, you got to walk through that door, and are, yeah, are things going to be scary? Are things going to go? Yeah, sometimes, sometimes things aren't going to go right. But how many opportunities do people miss every day that people like you two just picked up because you said yes? What would have happened if you waited a week to hang out with Brand? Maybe, maybe you would have lost. Yeah. The opportunity with Tucker, who knows? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, but when you know that you know that you know, and that's why getting so in tune with what you really want is so important. Mm-hmm. So you guys also, um, can they find their podcast on all the... Yeah, Spotify, stuff? iTunes. Yeah. yeah, Tucker kind of got screwed. iTunes dropped him, like in the early, kicked him off earlier this year for some reason. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, oh, sorry, we put him back on. And then, but he had had like 500 five-star reviews, you know, he's top of the charts, and then this is all gone. So now we're building it back up. And so what about your business? Can people find your... Uh, my, my real estate business, HelloPad. Okay. I mean, you can find us on Facebook online, HelloPad, H-E-L-L-O-P-A-D.com. Yeah, yeah, you can find me on Instagram. Cool. I don't. We don't put a ton of stuff out there on our real estate business. We're not wholesaling. We're not... We just do our own thing. And if I'm looking for a call center, I mean, who's your, who's your avatar? Um, our avatar is somebody that is full-time in this business that has either a leads manager or they have the ability to go hire a leads manager or somebody that can handle the leads moving forward um, that can take a good amount of leads and understand that it's a process. Like Cole said earlier, it doesn't just happen overnight. These are cold call leads, so they take time to work through your system and build your catapult of leads up. 
um, to real estate agents. We're calling for real estate agents, a, an agent in uh, Portland in October. First guy, he signed up with us. He's a, owns a big brokerage there, um, has a 10 person team, signed up with us. They closed, locked, signed, inked six listings in the first month nice. with our service. Um, so guys that have that, they, they need to have a good funnel for retail leads, wholesale leads, and then um, that as well. And so it's anywhere from that guy to 20 person team. Cool. Cole's got 10 callers going right now mm -hmm. on just his own campaign. And how do we find you? Um, it's just uh, callmagicleads.com. Callmagicleads. I like that. Yeah, if you want to talk to Elliot more face-to-face. -face. Yeah. That's <laughs> fine up there. Yeah. If you want to get Elliot, you just yeah. you get like a three-hour call with Elliot for onboarding. Yeah. yeah. However long you keep him talking. Yeah. <laughs> I am scheduling it out, though. So like 45 minutes, I cap it. Sometimes if I don't have anything behind it, sometimes it'll last like an hour and a half. Our listeners are going to be pissed because you cut them off at an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought this was three hours. Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> no. It yeah. says in the calendarly link, very dis it's 45 minutes. Nice. I like it. Yeah. Well, guys, this has been fun. Um, your guys' story is inspiring, and it's just been a great conversation. I appreciate you guys. Thanks. It's Thanks been amazing. Us. It's been amazing. Appreciate it. Yeah. Good stuff. Cool. If you've found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you'd take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.